With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three years ago in 2012, a crack duo, one martial arts expert and surprisingly good mimic, the other a weapons specialist and professionally bearded, were sent to separate recording stations thousands of miles apart to do an 80s and 90s action commentary podcast for a crime they happily committed. Something James Spader told them about that involved an industrial drum of coconut butter hand lotion and a common household whisk. These men promptly created a passion-filled wave of action adoration that swept throughout the internet underground. Today, still wanted by Steven Seagal for making one too many jokes about his expanding gut and knitted hair, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you love action, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you should be listening to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid commentaries. This podcast, people, explodes. Hello, and welcome to Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentary Podcast. I am Dr. Action. And I am the Kick-Ass Kid, and currently I'm sitting in a puddle of my own fluids. Nice. Yes, so how have you been, Doc? I'm very well. I'm very good. Uh, full of Christmas cheer still, but not really. Uh, how like are you? Full of leftover Christmas meals, I'm sure. We have turkey tonight. Yeah? We picked up some turkey cheap from Marks and Sparks. So nice. £3 for a crown. Now, so. by having turkey tonight, what you mean is uh, you take one end uh, with your man piece and yeah. then your your wife, uh, Mrs. Action, straps on a uh, replica man piece and you take it from either end. That's it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so who has nice. the neck hole? Uh... uh me, because uh, your man smaller piece is girth. smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit smaller in girth than her. Nice strap on, so uh, she gets the bigger role. Well, she, she, uh, I, what I've heard, and I don't wish to cast aspersions on your good lady wife, but I, I hear she prefers a girthier appendage. <laughs> <laughs> You've read a blog. I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is which is phenomenal. Um, and uh, what what kind of an action uh, sort of Christmas New Year period have you had, sir? Have you had have had have you have you had have, 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 have you had have you had much of a of a, an action uh, holiday season? I've, I've watched a few films. I watched American Ultra with Jesse Eisenberg. I don't they... know those two slappable cunts. Really, are they any good? Uh, yes, yes. It's not. I think they tried to sell it as a, like, you know, sort of, oh, it's all funny, but it's not. It's just an action film, really. Fair enough. It's it's not bad. I enjoyed it. I uh, don't know. They're just too fucking self-aware and serious for their own good, as far as I'm concerned. It's the best thing I've seen them in. Well, and that would probably... a lot. But... Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was say um, the best thing I ever saw Kristen Stewart in was... Uh, on the road, yes. not not because it was a great movie, but because she sat in the buff wanking off two guys in the front of a car, and I was like, "Wow, it's probably probably where she belongs." So, 
sour faced little coughing stereotyping really. yeah right exactly we'd seen all that already yeah. her torn between two men in uh, the twilight yeah she didn't series. wank them both off though now that would have made the twiglet series a lot more exciting i would have maybe twiglet. watched part two if that was the case if someone had promised me that uh stewart did uh double duties on the hand job i might yeah. actually have gone on to the sequel yeah 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 it, uh, no, it didn't happen didn't happen uh, didn't happen. I watched Masters of the University of the Night. Exciting. You got that on Blu-ray, sir, right? I did. I did. And I also watched Trances 3 last night. Oh, I love a bit of Trances. Trances 3 is probably the weakest one. It's one of my favourite ones because it's the first one I saw. Isn't it the one with um, Andrew, what's his name, from Dirty Harry yeah. as mother? Yeah, he, he chews the place up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's no, his I, second I like name, it. Andrew? Robinson. That's it. I'm not... Of, of the five, uh, my favourite is probably one, and then four and five. They're probably okay. my favourite. I mean, they're all good. They're all, oh, oh, they're all good. Uh, Tim Thomason, you know, as Jack Death, can't put a foot wrong, really. No. Um, no. But if you're going to rank them, I, look, don't get me wrong. Three has got some great action because he goes up against the uh, oh, government. Man. Like, uh, you know, weird, uh, what is it, altered soldier kind of encampment thing, right? Yeah, it's where the trances first started in that uh, encampment. Right, it's right, good. right. It's good. It's, it's, uh, it's the gone with the wind, I feel, of the uh, full moon features. Yeah. Library. You know, it really just set a tone of uh, trapped romance and a forbidden future. Because, of course, a lot of the the ones that people think of as Full Moon were actually made as Empire pictures prior to Full Moon. Yeah. You'll um, say what you're saying, is it's one of the best films not made by Empire, but made by Full Moon. By Made by Full Moon, which, of course, translates to large body. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what a lot of arse, basically. Um, no, there were some good Full Moon movies out there, but... Uh, uh, you know, Reanimator. A lot of the ones that people think of as Charles Band are, are obviously before Full Moon. Um, they're Empire. Uh, Trancers 1, for example, Empire. Yeah. But the thing that I do like about the Trancers series um, is that Helen Hunt does come back, even well into the later ones. I mean, she's yeah, not... She, she just sort of like, you know, oh, this is it. The, these gave me the big break, so yeah. I'm going to go back. And she, now she'd fucking love to be in a full moon feature. Because what's she doing now? <laughs> Nothing, right? She's doing crack off a fucking stripper's arsehole. Yeah, I think so. Well, she did that one where she was a sex therapist. And everyone was like, oh, Oscar, because she took her clothes off and she's over 40. Oh, daring. Daring. Um, sorry, Hunt. Sharon Stone got there many, many, many years before you. Uh, as Hunt, did Helen Hunt. Has a saggy old cunt. Yes, indeed. Uh, I believe that's, that's, that's what her children sing when she shows up at Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all dance around in little white Sunday school frocks uh, in a circle outside her house singing that. She just goes out and like throws crusts of bread at them and says, Thank you, children. Now fuck Thank off. You children. <laughs> uh, kindly don't write a second verse about my distended wrinkly labia. <laughs> Oh, it's the best word ever in the English language is labia. It is. It's one of the great words. 
Yeah. Um, so, oh, any others? So, any other action films watched? I watched The Last Starfighter. Nice. Old 80s action sci-fi classic. Uh, Heist with Robert De Niro. Now, interesting, before we gloss over The Last Starfighter, um, that uh, actually became one of my favourite um, pornographic films, um, The Last Chocolate Starfish. Um, oh, which, yes, yes. It's based on the same sort of storyline, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's all about a group of uh, astronauts that come across a planet full of bums, uh, <laughs> meaning bodies, meaning asses. Um, and it's what you don't realise is that's Jack Nicholson's first film, but it <laughs> never never shows up on his filmography. Never shows up in his filmography. Not no. so much because he's embarrassed, but he realises that if anybody sees it, they'll go, well, they'll never be able to top that. Right, exactly, exactly. It also has uh, Ari Gross in it, uh, which people will know from the C. Thomas Howell classic uh, Soul Man, um, as well as... <laughs> As well as uh, one of the films I watched yesterday, uh, Just One of the Guys. Uh, he's also in it, um, as is um, Serge from Beverly Hills Cop. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot, that's it. He, he's in it as well. Um, as is Roy Walker, who used to host Catchphrase. It, yes, <laughs> yes. And it was also, not many people realise this, but it was written by David Mamet. Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, directed... Well, David, awesome. David Mamey loves yeah. the asshole. Let's be fair, yeah. he loves it. Loves yeah, I mean, it. if you watch any film by Mamey, you realise <laughs> that there is there is a, an arse reference in there. Yeah, in every movie, um, yeah. even in uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which I yeah. believe is the correct way to pronounce the Mamey classic. Yeah. Um, uh, even in that one, Alec Baldwin is secretly an anal lover. Mm. I'm not talking about doing it, anal. Just loves looking at them. Just loves looking at them. He has them framed. Well, he has frames with, like, big buttock-shaped glory holes on his walls, and he pays women just to just to stick their tushes through them. Yeah, he loves it. He loves it. <sighs> Especially if they've not wiped. If they, Yeah, if they've not wiped. Um, well, he's, he's kind of odd, Mamey, because he likes, on one end, the non-wiped rectum. And on the other end, he loves a bleached arsehole. It's just the middle. It's just yeah. the bit in the middle he doesn't like. An average, puckered little starfish, not interested, but no. completely bleached or fucking filthy, and he's there with the best of them. Yeah, he's got bells on. He's uh, he wrote, and this is this isn't this is not on his IMDb filmography. The porn classic Two Girls One Cup. He did. <laughs> he did. And what 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 uh, only um, scholars of Mamey know is that One Cup was actually his nickname in college. So yeah. it's actually a metaphor, a metaphor uh, for himself and for life and for breath and for humanity and for a pot two women take a shit into. Yeah. There was a moment in time where two girls, one cup, was going to be put for the Pulitzer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, and, uh, and the Nobel shite prize. Yeah, but... Uh, some kid got in there first because he, he made a clock or something. <laughs> Some fucking little bastard. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's the true story of David Mamey. Uh, anyway, you were saying the, the last Starfighter, then then you watched, what was it? Heist with Robert De Niro. And what was that like, sir? Because I saw that the other day in my local 
buzzed by, and mm. um, I wondered about it and thought, should one pick it up and rub it, or should one just leave it with so it's... many awful, awful Nick Cage films? Yeah, uh, Nick Cage. He's Meaning in the section of... <laughs> Best Buy, where... See, I'm in, thinking, fucking hell, have you got a cut where David Nicholas Cage is in it? No, no, no. no but buy there, that. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, in Best Buy, when the new films come out, there are the... Much in the same way that they used to be in Buster, um, there is like 100 copies of Ant-Man or whatever the latest one is, The Hobbit or whatever, um, but then there's normally one or two copies of all the like one-off movies that have just come out there's normally a John Cusack one, normally Danny a Nick Trejo. Cage one, normally a Danny Trejo one, and then there was this one, Heist, which is one where you go like, ah, right, De Niro did this, probably for the money, but also thinking, well, you know, might have a sort of appeal, and then instead it just went straight to video. It's good. It's good. It's really good. Doctor Action I... is here to report that it's good. It's not chock-blocked full of action. It's not it... cock-blocked full of no, action. no. But it's got a good storyline, uh, and at the end, I was like, "Very clever." It's it's a good film. It's a good it's film. Good. Robert De Niro's good in it. Yeah, Batista's a bastard in it. Jeffrey D. Morgan's good in it. Gina oh, it's Carana. Got, it's got David Babista in it, has it? Yes, yes, he's in it from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, uh, who else is uh, Gina Carano? Nice, I like it. Gina Carano. She's, and she's a actually not chick. Yeah, she's she's not kicking the shit out, which does a bit of that, but yeah. it's mainly acting, and she's a good actor. Yeah, she's not wandering around in a towel then. No, oh no, oh, that would have that would have made it better. But you can't have everything, can you? Well, you can, you can, but you need lots of money, yeah. an industrial <laughs> drum full of lubrication oil. And some... Come on, Gina, I have lubricant and some cake. Then you can have everything. Yeah, but she didn't want to do that. But, no, it's a good film. It's worth watching. I don't know if I could sort of say, oh, you know, because I get it for, like, ten quid. Right. Um, I thought, sod it, I'll, I'll watch sod it. Sod it is what you yeah. thought, yeah. And uh, I got it. Robert De Niro's really good in it. Excellent. Um, I will have to watch it then. And uh, But it's definitely worth watching. Definitely, I, like, definitely. I like movies about heists. It, funnily enough, there's no heist in it. Well, well, <laughs> fuck be damned. Uh, how dare they uh, uh, advertise it as such? I got a film about a heist. What are we going to call it? Fuck. Yes. That's what we're going to call it. And people think it's a poor. I've got a film uh, where Robert De Niro and Dave Batista sit around and discuss coffee. What should we call it? Heist. I love it. Let's say it's like heat. Make the colour cover all blue and black and people all lap the shit up. Much like David Mamey at one <laughs> of his buttock windows. Um, uh, any more, sir? No, not really. OK. Not really. I watched a few before Christmas, but I can't remember them and I got rid of it. So I have watched 24 movies since January the 1st. Yeah, I've um, watched 13. He got me beat by 11. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, Kim, my good lady Kim and I have been having some movie weekends. Um, you've not announced this on the show yet, have you? What's that? That you've got a bird. I've got a bird, living with a bird. 
Yeah, yeah. very happy. Um, but yes, me and, and my she's girl- real. She is real. She is real. There are photographs and everything, and the photographs are in no way a Photoshop of a lady I found online called Ethel. Um, yeah, because online, if you look at my profile online, I'm married with three kids. I live on my own. They're not real people. <laughs> I, live, I live on my own in a basement, surrounded by people I've made out of socks. Um, I've never met, watched an action film. Never watched an action film until now. I uh, only watched Song of the South. No, what I did, it's ingenious, actually. There's this new website they've set up called Pay for a Bird, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> .com. Uh, and uh, what you do is you, you pay $50 a month, and uh, single people from um, the former, former Soviet Republic uh, take pictures of themselves that you can uh, super... They do it without a background, like with a see-through background, so that you can superimpose it into any photograph you take. Um, so it, it appears online and on Facebook like you have a bird. So that's what it's, I did, because I thought, well, it, you know, saves me getting nagged and uh, saves me... Who's the loser? To... What? <laughs> who's the loser? Not you. Nobody loses. Nobody loses. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's a winner. I get to live my life exactly the way I want to. And uh, some people in the Ukraine get to eat for a week. I think it's a fair trade. Yeah, and she's she's good at her job because she's posted that she's watching The Princess Bride. (laughs) She doesn't even live in Brooklyn. (laughs) She has to to reroute her... (laughs) She's keeping up the pretense. Fucking brilliant. She does. Man. She has to reroute her computer um, <laughs> so that her via uh, a a station like a like a um, a satellite station in Brooklyn, so that her computer address comes up as Brooklyn, just so that when she does post online, it it accurately picks up her location. Yeah. Um, it takes that alone costs more than the fifty I pay. So, <laughs> so I'm really thankful for the service. Really, they must be supplementing uh, what I pay with advertising. Um, yeah. that's my that's because because when I went on there, um, McDonald's, uh, Chick Fil A, um, the NRA, interestingly enough, and um, uh, who else was it? Who? Uh, oh, and Kmart. They they all advertise on uh, FakeMeABird.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good service. It's a fantastic service. I've been very, very happy. I have. I yeah. have with my fake family. <laughs> uh, so since uh, New Year, then, uh, when we have been watching lots of movies, they've mainly been horror. They have mainly been. Um, but uh, I've, I've stuck in a, a few kind of action things. First of the sort of action horror crossovers we watched uh, on January 2nd uh, up in a cabin. Um, again, this was faked. I didn't really go to a cabin, but I have to, to maintain the pretense on the show, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they provide backdrops, like a green screen backdrop of, like, snow. I saw it. It was amazing. It was really well put together, wasn't it? Um, but uh, we watched Class of 1999 uh, with Stacey Keach, Pam Greer. Of course, it's a Mark L. Lester joint. Um, who He also directed Class of 1984. He did. Um, and interestingly enough, although they are not related in any way at all, Class of 1984 stars Roddy McDowell, and Class of 1999 has, <laughs> has Malcolm McDowell in it, even though they're not related at all. And they're not related to Andy McDowell either. No. It's all just... Weirdly a... enough, though, they did double-team Andy McDowell. 
but it wasn't weird because they're not related. <laughs> it wasn't at all creepy. Uh, what was creepy, however, was that guy who plays Evil Ed in Fright Night. He watched and took pictures. Well, he was a porn actor. I'm not surprised about that. He was, that. wasn't he? That wasn't he that was. weird. After he was in Fright Night, he went off and did gay pornography. Um, so then um, this also has a bit of action in it. Uh, Don Dola's Night Beast. I watched that. There's a bit of shooting and fighting and fun in that. That's uh, a lot of fun for people who are into the uh, low-budget, independent, alien invasion action film. I can strongly suggest that. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, then on... Um, the fourth, I watched the new Blu-ray of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Awesome uh, film. Awesome film. And what was very interesting, actually, was that in the um, making of um, of that movie, uh, the director, um, whose name you've got to remind me of right now because I'm not in front of it. Christopher McQuarrie. That's it, Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Um, Christopher McQuarrie, he said in the interviews, like... What he went back and watched the first four, and he was like, "Oh, I want to make this like an amalgam of the first four, as if the first four movies are like living on top of each other." Um, and weirdly enough, it does have that vibe. Um, you know what I mean? It's got like he's a great screenwriter. He's a good director as well. Yeah, it's got like the the intrigue and the spy stuff of the first one. Um, it's got the. Uh, you know, action and stuff of, like, the second one. It's got the bad villain of the third one. Um, you know, I think it just really works. And what, what struck me about Rogue Nation is it's, like, it just proves that with that and the Bourne series that, it, I'm sorry, but America is doing Bond better than Bond. They just are. Mission, Mission, Mission Impossible is the best spy film this year, and there's been a few. Rogue Nation, to me, is the kind of Bond movie they should have been making for the last 15 years. And well, they haven't been. Yeah, that's because, um, yeah, I keep saying it, I think I've said it before on numerous shows, Tom Cruise, isn't it? Tom Cruise. Action Cruise is good, Cruise. Yep. Um, yes. So, um, while it didn't make my... Uh, uh, did it make my top seven? I don't know if I checked that this year. Um but uh, definitely a good movie, Rogue Nation. Uh, I will go back and see as many Mission Impossibles as Cruz wants to squeak out, as I will go and see Jack Reacher Part 2, which oh, is yes. filming at the moment. Um, uh, also filming at the moment, John Wick Part 2, which is very yes. exciting. Yes. Is that out this year? Um, I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, towards the end of the year. Um, so then uh, I watched the Evil Dead trilogy, which, of course, ends with Army of Darkness, which is a nice, uh, big action, rollicking uh, set piece. Good fun, that movie, uh, if people haven't seen it. Why not? Check it out. Uh, last night I finished my evening of movies because um, I did a zombie trilogy of Sugar Hill, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, and Zombie, uh, Lucio Forte Zombie. Uh, then I did uh, 80s uh, uh, gender-swapping classic Just One of the Guys. Um, but I ended the night with Big Trouble in Little China. Awesome. And uh, it's an awesome movie, awesome movie. You can't go wrong with it. Um, but what I loved about it was that I came off Just One of the Guys and I was like, and by came off Just One of the Guys, I mean <laughs> I came everywhere like a bucket load. Couldn't still clean it. Kim's still cleaning it off the couch right now. Um, well, fake Kim. Well, a, a little Filipino lady that I hire to wear a Kim mask and clean up my couch. Um, but <laughs> She costs more than $50 a month. Oh, she, pff, 
Does 65. she ever? Especially because I make her wear a little lacy negligee. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, I borrowed it off Roger Moore. Um, but no, uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I want something kind of like... I wanted horror, but I also wanted like some kind of big budget action thrill kind of movie. I was looking around, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, and I opened my box of movies and I was like, Big Trouble in Little China. It, it just ticks all the boxes. Great comedy, great acting, great action, great horror. It's it, big fantasy. It's got a bit of everything. It's got literally a bit of everything. If you don't know what to watch, watch Big Trouble in Little China. Guaranteed, it's got what you want in it. <sighs> Anal between two Chinese men. <laughs> yeah, it's um, there, there's a there's a post credit sequence that nobody ever knows to wait for, um, but it was the inspiration behind Requiem for a Dream, yeah, um, where <laughs> only the, the roles reversed and uh, Jack Burton and um, Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall uh, sit around in their trailer uh, watching uh, the guy who played Egg Chen and. Uh, <laughs> And another elderly uh, uh, Asian gentleman, um, um, double-end uh, anal dildos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. Um, and, and, then, and the balls slap. And the balls slap. <laughs> well, because they hang quite low as you get older. Um, so, Are you trying to make a one-hung low joke? No, I wasn't. I was, <laughs> I was actually going on to say that it's a bit like those um, executive toys that they used to have on the desk with the marbles, where you click yes. one end and the other end bounces yeah. out. Yeah, it's like that. Um, in fact, just for fun sometimes... Um... Kim Cattrall stuck a tongue in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, just for fun sometimes, uh, dictators or despots or emperors or anyone who's like in a position of power, they line up... You know up... Donald Trump's got one. Oh, yeah, he lines up five um, elderly men on all fours, knees and hands, <laughs> and then grabs the testicles of one at one end, brings them back sideways... Lets them go, there, and then the other one at the other end flips out, and that's that's what it's like. It's true. It's comp- it's a it's a phenomena. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then today, this morning, I've had a Dudikoff double bill. Uh, this Ooh. is where we get round to the um, proper eighties and nineties canon action classics, uh, where I've watched the movie we're covering today, Avenging Force, which is bloody marvelous. It really it's... is damn good movie. It just narrowly missed out on the best Oscar for a movie of 1986. It did, um, behind whatever won that year. What won that year? 86? Uh, Was it The Colour Purple? I'm looking it up. 1986, best film Oscar. I'm looking it up. This is what I'm doing. This is I'm doing this right now. This is trivia. It is. Factual uh, trivia. Uh, wait a minute. Is it? This doesn't help at all. Uh, the 58th Academy Awards, 1986, I guess. It was really March 1986. Out of Africa won seven awards, including Best Picture. So, yeah, this narrowly lost out to <laughs> Out of Africa. Cocoon. Can you believe Cocoon won Oscars? What for? I don't Jessica Tandy win? Or yeah. was that for Miss... Miss Daisy. Uh, best Picture was Out of Africa. Sidney Pollock won Best Director for Out of Africa. Uh, William Hurt won Best Actor for Kissing a Spider Woman. Um, right. Best Actress went to Geraldine Page for The Trip to Bountiful. Never even fucking heard of that. I've not had a kiss of the William Hurt one. A kiss of, a kiss of, a 
because of the hurt. Um, Don Amici won for Cocoon. Um, he was awesome in that. He was awesome in that. Well, Amici, Amici was a pro from way back. Yeah. Um, you can't go wrong for that. Uh, other runners-up include Klaus Maria Brandauer for Out of Africa, uh, William Hickey for Prince's Honour, Robert Lozier for Jagged Edge, should have won, and Eric Roberts for Runaway Train as Buck. Yeah. Um, Angelica Houston won Best Supporting Actress for Prince's Honour. Oh, um, yeah. Who won Best Up? Uh, was it Sidney Pollock, did you say? for? A, yeah, he won Best Director for Out of Africa. So, really... Uh, you know, Avenging Force should have cleaned up. It really it should, should have done. Was Don Amici cheating on his wife in Cocoon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he was. Was he? Yeah. I haven't seen sh- that movie in ages. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. He was, like, taking another woman off to dance or something. Uh, to dance. That's what the Amici's used to call it. Just uh, yeah. I'm just taking her off to the corner to dance. We're going to dance. If that's what you want to call me <laughs> fucking going down on you, then sticking my balls in your mouth. By dancing, I mean 69ing. And by 69ing, I mean I'm doing a fucking handstand up against the wall. Um, you're sucking it. You're <laughs> licking it. You lick the Amici balls. He loved his ballsack lick. <laughs> Um, Don Amici. It was in his uh, biography. Um, I bet he had a brown willy. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you see some blokes that have got brown willies and you think, why have you got a leather-looking penis? Why why, why are you looking at some blokes' willies? That's what's confusing <laughs> I me. I know. You know you watch it on like, old TV, like Embarrassing Bodies? No. Are you watching it? No. And, uh, some bloke comes out <laughs> I've never watched anything some... in which a guy's come out and gone, and I've got all that it's brown willy. I mean, except it's when like, there's... Why does that not match the rest of your body? <laughs> why have you got a... Why have you got a... Perhaps they... that looks like an old piece of wood. Perhaps they tan it using a glory hole. They just... Maybe. Uh, Maybe. They, they work in a gas station in Arizona, um, and they have a glory hole in the, the wall of the bathroom, and instead of pointing it their penis into the bathroom to have it played with, they stand in the darkened bathroom with the penis hanging outside to tan it. That's a good... Uh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe that's why. That's how Don Amici made his fortune. Yeah, David Mamey's new film's called Tanned Willies. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, starring Sidney Poitier. <laughs> who, in fact, has got a white willy. <laughs> it, it's very strange. It's very strange. It's a pigmentation issue. Yeah, yeah. it's... <laughs> Just his cock. It's really weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Whereas John Goodman... It's called Domination... Really, really brown. Yeah, Domination Itis of the Cock, it's called. Um, uh, but it's it's fine. Um, yeah, David Mamey's new uh, movie, Tanned Willies and Butt Plugs, I believe it's called. Yeah, it's good. It's on Broadway. It's going to be made into a film. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be made into a musical, yeah. Uh, Mark Burns is over in New York. He's going to see it tonight. Is... Here. <laughs> I would love that. I would love if there was a musical. People are like, oh, it's David Mamey, you know. So they all go along. <laughs> it's just the lineup of people doing the singing buttock joke from uh, um, uh, what's his name, Ace Ventura. That'd be tremendous. The whole thing is, <laughs> is performed by naked assholes. Uh, 
And at, at one point, there's a New Year celebration, and they go along and stick those whistles in them that, that roll out, you know, those... And then they roll out. <laughs> what they have to do is the entire cast has to, has to eat asparagus before they go on, just so they've got enough gas, you know... Built I just find a carvery always gives me that. Yeah. <laughs> I I I think if I had a carvery, I could probably do the fucking whole uh, a whole Abra album with farts. Uh, your bum. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so to finish up uh, after Avenging Force and waiting to record this very show, I watched uh, the other Canon uh, Dudikoff movie. He was with Canon for quite a while, wasn't he? He did make a few Canon films. Um, he did River of Death, uh, which has strong supporting cast with. Uh, Man from Uncle's Robert Vaughan, uh, yes. Donald Pleasance, and um, Herbert Lom, who all play, in their own way, evil Nazis. Well, if you're going to play a Nazi, you may as well play an evil one. Yeah, so it means that Dudikoff... Ones, were they? No, not really. Well, I don't know. Goebbels was a mean tap dancer. <laughs> uh, but his <laughs> uh, putting on the Ritz... You've all been the... sentenced to death. Except you, Goebbels, you could tap dance for the rest of your life. His, his uh, putting on the Ritz was the talk of uh, Gestart uh, back in the day. Um, I don't know that that's true. Uh, or where Gestart is. Uh, it just sounds, you know, that area. Oh, I know I meant to ask you. Uh, Hateful Eight, did you enjoy it? Hateful Eight. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, the weird thing about The Hateful Eight is it absolutely, positively did not need to be made in 70mm. Oh, a whole film made in one fucking location didn't need to be shot in 70mm. Yeah, it didn't need to be shot Crazy. in widescreen. It's... it's <clears throat> the, 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 biggest, the biggest, biggest problem with it is the presentation of it, weirdly enough, because it's a... It's a very small, very, um, like, exploitation, um, uh, grindhouse B-movie idea, uh, given this big, like, treatment with the Ennio Morricone music and the 70mm and the Tarantino going on and on about it and everyone making out like it's great performances and blah, 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 blah. It's basically like Western Reservoir Dogs. Like, that's basically kind of what it is. Right, okay. Um, but with an undercurrent, because he cannot get away with it. He cannot get away from it with an undercurrent of, ooh, wasn't America racist, you know, back in the day? Um, because he just does love saying the N-word repeatedly. Um, well, no, Quentin Tarantino, like, it, it seemingly that's that's become, what you know, what it is. Like, did it in Jackie Brown and then... Kill Bill, there's not much of it, but then after Kill Bill, like Inglorious Bastards, obviously all about like uh, there's a lot of um, you know race and talk, not so much about African Americans, but like you know there's, there's uh, a lot of uh, fascism in it, obviously. But even we take that out of it, if you look at Django um, and now this, it's just kind of it's kind of a bit ridiculous. Um, but I did enjoy it. But it's completely not what I was expecting. But it's it's basically Reservoir Dogs is a Western uh, with um, Tarantino trying to make John Carpenter's The Thing. That's exactly what it is. Right. So I might go and see it tomorrow. Yeah. No, it's worth a watch, but it's not. Does it, does it drag? 
I didn't think so. I oh, didn't find good. that it dragged at all. I, I thought it, it Cause was... Because I just see the, the running time and I just think, oh, God, I want to do that. But if it don't drag... See, I didn't like Django and I didn't like Inglorious Bastards and I didn't like Kill Bill 2. But I did like this one. Uh, but I can't sing its praises. It's, it's immensely shallow. It, you know, there's no... There's no weight uh, or, or depth to the drama at all. It's immensely shallow film. It's just a bunch of wacky characters speechifying, pontificating, acting in a fun way, but, like, that's all it is. And then saying the N-word every other word, and uh, and then at the end it gets really, really gory and graphic. Cool. I think I will go and see it tomorrow, then. Yeah. No, you'll enjoy it, but it's just not... I shouldn't expect the wheel reinvented on film. Then. No. Right. So, um, did you want to do all the questions and comments while we watch the movie? You might as well, right? Let's do that. All right. So, um, let's start the movie. So, tonight's movie uh, is going to be Avenging Force from 1986, starring Michael the Dude Dudikoff. Yes, it is. And, uh, Absolutely, it's 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 good fun. People should stick around and watch this and listen to it with uh, with them without our commentary. I would say, well, better with it. Better with it. Every movie's better with it. But they might want to watch the movie first. They know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Go on then. Go on, Go on then. then. Go on then. Uh, so uh, what I did was I just took the one that we watched mm. off YouTube and I just downloaded it so that I don't have to stream it using the Wi-Fi. I can just watch it on my computer but it's the same one the, the yes. one hour 39 minute excellent right let's do this shnizzle okay i don't know what that means yeah i don't know what it means either but, yeah good work but uh don't <laughs> watch a lot of mtv so oh does let's she? get yes let's get on this thing i would i would cure of that yeah yeah i've been trying to been, by yeah. deleting it from my cable subscription <laughs> right you ready yes Three, two, one, go. Okay, um, so you started on all noughts, I take it. Yes. And you've got the Canon logo coming up right now, right? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just what's it? I'm just gonna lower the lower the base. All right. So uh, this is Avenging Force, and we start off in the swamps and bayous outside New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes. And um, it's a bit of a shame, really, because had this been a few years later, Steven Seagal could have swept in and saved these two guys. He's there in the background. But he wasn't in Louisiana at this point, sadly. Um, but uh, Steven Seagal was everywhere. Ninja. Yeah, well, this is um, this was all filmed on James Spader's sex ranch. <laughs> and uh, the guy is bleeding from the gut because uh, Spader had fucked him too hard in a wound that he had in his stomach from an appendix operation. Yeah, he loves that. <clears throat> yeah, he does. Um, but uh, unfortunately, James Spader refused to be in the movie, so James Booth is in the movie instead. Bill Wallace. Is that Screwface? <clears throat> I don't know. Screwface. Screwface. Uh, but here we go. Um, they basically hunt down humans on this ranch um, for James Spader to have sex with. He's yeah. the uh, unseen... Fifth member of Pentangle, yeah, uh, which I had is a meant huge to... crush on Gideon Porath <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> well, he has got those uh, great sideburns. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, you see the blood on the tip of his sword. It's um, it's actually raspberry sauce that Spader likes to put between his buttocks. And then he just has a swordsman pull his sword through it just to like lubricate the sword and give a slight thrill to Spader. Yeah. Spader loves it. He loves it. Pentangle, which is the vicious group of fascists that like to hunt humans in this movie, uh, sounds something like a kind of uh, pretty bad 70s American folk band, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and now Pentangle pre- presents the Ides of March. Bing, ding, a ding, ding, a ding, ding, ding. So here we go. Here's another. This guy's read too much of uh, the dangerous game and decided to enact it. Yeah, you would be forgiven for thinking this was hard target. Why is that then? Because it's the same sort of setup in it, people being hunted. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't really think of that. This guy who's bleeding from the gut, though, is he's pretty tough, isn't he? Yeah, he wants to stay alive. Pretty he's got tough. a hot beauty waiting for him back at his uh, hotel now that, room. That is Spader's gimp right there. Yeah. And and when I first saw that, I was like, oh, there's there's the anal intruder. But what's he going to do? Because there's two of them. And then yeah. look, it splits open, so we can actually take two at a time. Yeah. <laughs> that's he's, he's very thoughtful. He is very thoughtful. And there's one in the middle as well. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's for okay. Julian Sands if he it's shows like, up. It's like a kinky he-man. Yeah. What he's wearing. <laughs> he is a kinky he-man. Who, of course, is the uncle of Kinky Friedman, the country and western uh, writer and uh, poet. Look, with a split-open stomach from Spader's cock wound, he was able to flip the gimp over his shoulder. I fear he's not long for the world, though. Oh, yeah, look at that. There you go. What's great is when you stick that in the stomach and then you just... I love this guy with the... The, the mask, he's just come from an all-night binge from watching Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, this is uh, that's Sidney Pollock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sidney Pollock. Yeah. Who's Sidney Pollock's porn double? Um, but no, I like that, that weapon, because uh, stick it in the stomach, tickle the balls. Stick it yeah. in the stomach, tickle the balls. This, about. this place is so depraved, even the alligators are trying to escape. <laughs> I don't, don't let Spader put his cock in me. I love this noise he makes. Yeah, he's got it, it's in him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the noise he makes when Spader penetrates him. Damn it. I begged the person. I almost got him. <laughs> oh, look at him from there. Uh, Deathwish 4. Yeah. He was in a few canon films when he was. What, this overacting yeah. madman? <laughs> What's hilarious is one swift toe into his prostate and the guy would go down. I mean, he's like 65. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All you'd have to do is bring up a little... Now, Dudikoff only likes to rope miniature cows... He really hates midget cattle. There we go. Take it for a walk now. Yeah. He's like, I hate tiny creatures. 
What is this for exactly? Why aren't you proper sized? He's he's a he's a midget hater. He's a midget cow hater. And then this is the um, this guy is on day release. The the perverted <laughs> grandfather is on day release from yeah. the uh, old pervert's home for yeah. the heavily mustached. Cocoon one. They're all in there. Don Amishi's in there tickling old women's labours with his. If you look closely in the background, you can see Amici fondling a cow. <laughs> With a feather duster yeah. covered in lube. But this Thick boom mics in shit. But look, the, the, yeah, I saw that. But like the grandfather comes over and She's listen to what he says. A real cute girl. She's going out to be a real cute girl. Your sister, he's just going, by the way, when she gets a rage, I'm going to penetrate your sister. Yeah. And there's, stick my finger in. There's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Because <laughs> I'm your elder boy. You listen to your elders. So that's... Uh, feel my tash on a lube. <laughs> that's um, Dudikoff's younger sister. Yeah. But I thought that was the creepiest thing ever when the grandfather... She's turning out to be a rat cutie. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right, grandfather, keep it in your pants. That Lee Majors is missing his car from Fall Guy. Yeah, and his hat from. Uh, and this Walker, is, Texas, and this, this was supposed to be the sequel to Invasion USA. It is, but unlike Invasion USA, where Norris goes up against the communists, in this, um, uh, Dudikoff is going up against a fascist militia. And I came up with a theory that maybe Chuck Norris didn't sign on for the sequel because the politics of the fascist militia were too close to his own politics. <laughs> he's, uh, if you read the script, I've read the script, what do you think? I think the militia should win. Get out! He's like, the militia sound like some of my friends. <laughs> I think Chuck Norris probably read the script and he went, wait a minute, have you been spying on me? Because this is what I do on a weekend. He has a ranch just outside New Orleans where him and Seagal team up together to hunt humans. Oh, yes. And he was in a film called The Octagon. He was. But no, it's, it's odd that it's a sequel, and it's only a sequel in the name of Dudikoff's character. Nothing yeah. else is Matt a sequel. Turner. Is it Matt Turner? Yeah. Matt Hunter. Matt Hunter. Matt yeah. Hunter. And I can tell you... For, for one thing, that Norris would never be friends with Steve James's family. <clears throat> he he'd go up to the door and just throw up. No. I mean, in the fact that there's a black guy running for Senate, it's more like a sequel to Back to the Future, where the guy who works in the diner in <laughs> the 1950s wants to run for mayor. It's almost like his great-great-grandfather, or is his great-great grandson is now running for Senate. It's more yeah. like that. It's more a sequel to that than it is yeah. a sequel to Invasion USA. Because for, for a start, no one, event, no one invades the USA in this movie. No, they don't. No, except the USA itself. But how good is Steve James? Very good. I love him in this movie. Steve James is awesome. He's such tremendous. A, you know, I've said it so many times, it's such a shame that he died, because that's really a great future in action films. But this kid, heroin. Yeah. 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 Turned to it, didn't he? And, uh, yeah, shortly after this movie. And that guy, what you don't realise with him is... What, the old that, guy with the tash? Yeah. yeah. He's not actually bold, but he shaved his head <laughs> like that for the role, because he wanted he, it so much. He's a method actor. Yeah, he is. Well... John Meth. <laughs> said that joke before. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, this is again. This is more. Um, you know, this is more relevant, and this is more uh, talking to uh, the situation in America that is very sad and tragic against the African American community than anything Tarantino's ever written. Yeah. Um, this movie more relevant than anything Tarantino's ever yeah, written. If, if Tarantino's writing this right now, Doody Cop would have already said the N word about ten times about, yeah, in about the team. Yeah. Um, what's I'm interesting to make a point. is on the Blu-ray commentary for this movie. Apparently, Dudikoff reveals that he still has the bolo tie uh, from this scene, so yeah. that's nice. I liked how it played with it because usually that would be a sign of him being a bad guy. Yeah. No. But no, actually, that tie he bought from Bolo Young. It's actually a Bolo Young Bolo tie. That's actually what it is. Yeah. The I kids like that. are excited there because um, Steve James and Michael Dudikoff are going to take them to Mardi Gras so they can see some titties and drug addicts. Yeah, can we go and see some Babs, Daddy? Yeah. Because that's all Mardi Gras is now, is titties yeah. and drug addicts. Where's, where's James Bond? The frat boys. I know he was at Day of the Dead in Mexico, but... No, this would be Roger Moore from Live and Let Die, the beginning right, of Live and Let Die. He's, he's probably getting blown by some hot yeah. totty. Yeah. Why don't we go down to uh, Bourbon Street, see some naked titties, some drug addicts and some voodoo rituals. That'll be... Uh, That'd be good for the kids. It's good, healthy kid entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's some gorillas there left over from the uh, trading places. <laughs> from Planet of the Apes. And Planet of the Apes. The, the B-movie Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Canon put them in there just so that they could take to the investors and say, how about these for Planet of the Apes? Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Show me your tits first. That's illegal now. You're not allowed to throw plastic jewelry at people anymore. They banned it. Yeah, they ban everything now, don't they? Too many people were eating from it. wearing glasses. Yeah, it's a shame. That woman there had a balloon animal penis. Yeah. yeah. They've yeah, also there's, banned there's children. The old wear... boy looking for young girls. Yeah. She's gonna be cute. What I like is Dudikoff's having no fun. He's already on security detail. He already yeah. thinks some shit's going down. Steven Seagal saw this and he was like, I better be made king of Mardi Gras next year. I'm better than Dudikoff. Dudikoff's not a real martial artist. Dudikoff's my bitch. That's, that's Steven Seagal in that lion costume. Yeah. I'm going to be Tony the Tiger. It's not as good as his Mardi Gras, is it? Yeah. <laughs> At Mardi Gras, he was awesome. He was. He ate all the kids. There's a guy dressed in uh, karate robes there, look. Yeah. Possibly a friend from American Ninja. Do you know this movie was made directly after American Ninja? The moment American Ninja finished, Steve James, uh, Dudikoff and Sam Furstenberg, the director, all got on a chopper and uh, flew from the Philippines back to New Orleans, made this movie, and then when this movie came out, they were all in uh, South Africa making American Ninja 2. I don't Chuck Norris. South America, though. Sorry, American Ninja 2, right? Sorry, not South Africa. Yeah. So, is that true? Did they go off That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely true. Yeah, I was reading up trivia on it earlier. The guy's like, uh, if you're going up front there, uh, can you pick me up some children? (laughs) (laughs) I like his his jeans. Nigel Tufnell there from Spinal Tap. Down in the crowd. I like him. 
Yeah. Well, the the straw boaters of the barbershop quartet. Um, they're more a barbershop quintet, really. Yeah. Fine stuff. His great fake fake instrument playing. Look at that. I think just they should have just added a snake coming up the front like he was charming a snake. Or a penis. Yeah. Penis charmer. End, end of the peer magicians and shit in the crown. They are some real, like, uh, they look like the kind of band you'd get on a cross-channel ferry, don't they? Yeah, With they do, yeah. With those shiny whiskers. Southampton's Wild of White. <laughs> right. And now another track by Neil Sedaka. <laughs> Have you all lost a book to them yet? <laughs> yeah. We're doing a job well. Either that or some Blackpool, end of Blackpool peer musicians. Oh. And now a hit I know you'd all like. Made famous by Keith Harris, I Wish I Could Fly. Now this, I thought, was a fucking awesome set piece. Proper violent too, right? Yeah, I mean, they're not, uh, they're not shy about where they're doing their assassination or... Uh... No. No, we'll just stick one bullet through him and not cause too much of a scene. Like, should we should we just have like a sniper? Fuck that. I think they they were probably at Pentangle headquarters. They went, okay, boys, we got two plans on the table. What? <laughs> While Steve James is asleep, we sneak into his very obvious house and shoot him between the eyes with a silencer, not waking up anyone else in the house and getting rid of him. Or we could dress as musicians, <laughs> play play our instruments. Go down to Mardi Gras and shoot everybody. What, what? Hands up for what? Which one? Which one? Yeah, I like to dress up. That's it, then. We're going to Mardi Gras, <laughs> We're boys. going to Mardi Gras. Get me the fattest, beardiest, slobbiest-looking hitman you've ever seen. None of these guys look like hitmen, do they? None no. of them at all. Which they... is probably why they're so good. Yeah. Look at James. Fucking beating the shit and taking names. It's almost like he's beating up Paul Daniels' stunt double. Oh, no. Oh. Killed the keyboardist for <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> I wasn't an assassin. Zach I was trying to help you. Zach Galifianakis' dad. <laughs> if there's anybody who don't look good on a bike, it's going to be that guy, it's isn't gonna it? It's going to be this guy, isn't it? Dudikoff's the man in this bit. He, didn't even, he don't even aim. Shot him in the tits. Yeah. That's his one in each tit. Also, I think that this this is where Dudikoff really finds his uh like his performance, his his role, his like he's lowered the voice a little bit, he's trying to do like a kind of mumbly Clint Eastwood thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think if you've asked most people, I think you'd probably say most fans of Dudikoff would probably say that this is his best film. Yeah. And people, people who aren't fans of him will go, who? Yeah, they go, what? So, so, sorry, who? Guy uh, in Bachelor Party. You get out. Get out. I'm a Dudikoff fan. I am a Dudikoff fan. The last two movies I've watched him in, very impressed. Very Is that impressed. Because he he's got a little pinky ring. Yeah. But by River of Death, he's, he's uh, doing the Martin Sheen Apocalypse Now voiceover in River of Death. Kept that bolo tie. Wow. Yeah. They were like, so what do you want from this movie? What 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 memento? I'd like, I'd like the bolo tie. 
Do you want one of the guns? Borrow time. Kind of look gay hat he's wearing. Don't shoot my hat. Yeah, the only thing wrong with this movie, I would say, is that the heads of Pentangle, apart from the gimp guy, because he is, like, legitimately uh, big, muscular, threatening, whatever. He's a bit like um, uh, your man in Commando. What's his name? Oh, uh, Bennett. Yeah, what's his name in real life? Vernon Wells. That's it. He's a bit Wells-like. Uh, and, in fact, he's dressed a bit like the... Uh, uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Mad Max 2? Humongous. Um, Humongous, right. Um, but the rest of them, they're all, they all look like accountants you could take <laughs> down with a quick, swift kick to the prostate. Oh, yeah. Or just some heavy perfume. Just spray some heavy perfume in their face. They'd probably die of wheezing. He's got really bad at time. What did he take that off? Well, he took it off, gave it to his assistant and said, keep this, because in 20 years, 30 years' time, I'm going to do a commentary for this movie and uh, I want to mention it. Probably wear the bolo tie while I do the commentary. Yeah. I'm wearing my bolo tie while we do this commentary. Oh, it's I'm not cock out. I'm not wearing it round my neck. Look at that, Cheech behind him, look. Yeah. Some Cheech and Charm. They, those don't actually realise there's a film being made. They think it's real. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is real. It's, it's like, I can't be asked. It is real. It's probably hard, properly hardcore, this movie, in terms of, like, doesn't shy away from killing kids. And I think that's yeah. really why it's such a good movie, because I love movies in which there's lots of child death. <laughs> No, is it, a lot of films wouldn't go that far. They'd have him shot in the arm and it'd be, is he going to die? Nah, we'll save him. And they always get saved. This one, it's like, no, no, no. No, he's dead. I mean, this guy wearing this straw boto hat, he's just, he's waiting to be arse-raped. <laughs> you don't want to get arse-raped by Steve, Steve James. He'd fucking be splitting half. Now, tell me or not, but is this like, it's the worst lightsaber fight I've ever seen. It's like pansy fencing. <laughs> it's like one step above LARPing, where they use, like, foam weapons. Or Mary's dance. No, what's <laughs> Morris that? dancing. Yeah, yeah well, the, the one with the big stick and the ribbons. Oh, the maypole. Maypole dancing. Dancing around the maypole. That's probably one step. I mean, exciting. Fencing's better, isn't it? Because it's got the proper swords with fencing. Yeah, and you can have a little tash as well. And you take it off, go, I got you. Look at this guy. What's hilarious is, I'm pretty sure when they filmed the crab, based on what he's about to say, which is a big racist, fascist tirade, I'm pretty sure there's a black guy there. Wasn't there a black guy there in the background? <laughs> Even funnier, the guy who's also in Pentangle with him, the guy with the black hair sat next to him, he's not American either. He's some foreign dude. Whereas this boy is so a member of the young NRA's Nazi party, isn't he? Yeah, oh, he is, yeah. He's like, I'm a young American. I get turned on when I see guns. You can't take my guns away, don't take away my rights. His mustache, though, it looks like he's buried his face in one of David Mamet's paintings. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's here. They, they've all got the tashes, haven't they? 
See, I think what it is, when you get to that higher level, you can have a tash. Except him, he's like, I'm the boss, I don't need a tash. I've just got big teeth. <laughs> big teeth and uh, cirrhosis of the liver. He's <laughs> thinking, oh, he looks like he'd fight if he's like, I don't have to get up. If I get up. I have to get up. If I get up, then I realise I need a shit. I might <laughs> shit myself. He's, he's walking with that, trying to hold the smelling. This is the boy that earned a couple of million dollars before he was the age 21. Let's give a big hand for Charlie Lavelle. He was one of the best masturbators I've ever seen. It's really well written because they managed to get everything in there, don't they? They managed yes. to get in, like, the hatred of the commies, the hatred of the uh, African-Americans, the hatred of the love of money, mm. the love of, like, Harvard and all that. Like, they really get in everything that is just truly repulsive about certain people. Is that where Republican comes from? Repulsive. Yeah. Donald Trump probably watches this and goes, it's my daddy. <laughs> I can't do a Donald Trump impression. I just did it with yeah, a Southern accent. Yeah, he doesn't have a Southern accent. He talks. How does Donald Trump talk? I can't do it. I can't do Donald Trump. Yeah, just... He just... Donald Trump just sounds like constant flatulence and shit is pouring out of his mouth. <laughs> But no, this is based on. I would. I would imagine this is based on Donald Trump Senior. Yeah. Gangs of nigger rapists. No, no. Sorry about that, people with the N word in the movie. But he is the villain, and he, yeah. he Dudikoff does take him down. Yeah, he's got a problem with Mexicans as well. I'm sure this is based on the, this is Donald Trump, the the true story. Yeah. Who's the guy behind the gold desk? He's like, wait a minute, why are you standing up? It's my room. Go get out of my get out of my office, will you? Yeah, he's thinking, no, there's not. <laughs> that little chubby guy is like, I just want cake. I only came here for the cake. This guy's great, though. He gives a great performance, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a proper villain. Crazy old Republican white bastards. What's, what's also very cool and like, brave is I guess that Cannon, especially with the Norris and everything, I bet a lot of their viewers were probably would agree with some of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then, in a cleaning the guns guy. He makes some good points. He does. I think we should have more weapons, and we should look to the Mexicans and shoot them in the face. Um, but then they've got a side with Dudikoff, the epitome of blonde, highlighted, liberal California surfer dude, and Steve James, the black guy they're all afraid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's black, he's in movies, and he's muscled up all to shit. I love it. Look at these fascist pricks. They're all like, we need deodorant. We need deodorant. <laughs> I bet they, all, bet they all get naked and just touch each other's bombs. They do. And they, uh, then they release the otters. Yeah. They all get naked. Excuse me, could you pay your tab for dinner? <laughs> 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 I 
Whatever. <laughs> okay, we split this. Now he goes quick. Who run. had the oysters? Quick run. They want to charge us thousands of dollars for dinner, and I didn't bring my checkbook. We all got to sneak out the back door quietly. Everybody stop shouting. <laughs> Old boy's definitely shit himself. He's got a look in his face. I don't want to get up. The old boy is sat there going, oh, I know I know his son's died, but how long do I have to sit here? <laughs> my soaps are on. <laughs> I want to go home and watch my soap operas. Yeah. Do you get countdown here? <laughs> would, it, would it be insensitive if I got up and fucked up? <laughs> I'm bored of all this shit. If you need me, Look at them all trying to be emotional. It's tremendous. I love it when Dudikoff is called to... Uh, <laughs> he stays out over the thing. Because what they don't want him to see is that he's got a huge hard-on because he just loves hospitals that much. The old boy. The old boy's like, when I'm here, can I get my prostate looked at? <laughs> I love it when I can get a young blonde nurse to stick her finger up my ass. Yeah, because it's a doctor. You do it with that magic instrument. You know, that one, when you put both your hands on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in and they're like, you've already got cancer. I know, but c- c- can you check it again? <laughs> yeah, I want a second opinion. I just, but, but we gave you a second opinion. Yeah, I know, I just, I'd really like you to just try again. <laughs> He goes, he goes, OK, I'll put my fingers in. He goes, Do you, excuse me, sir, would you stop pushing that? <laughs> I love how the racists can't even spell the words properly. That wasn't actually in the script. Norris, in protest to Dudikoff <laughs> taking over the role, went down and scored that on the house. That's why they don't really pay much attention to it. They're like, shit. <laughs> Say nothing. <clears throat> Typically, it is. I've got very tinted glasses indoors. So, of course, the big twist of this movie is that there is a fifth member of Pentangle we never get to find out who it is. It's insinuated it might be this guy, but then he helps him at some points. So, who do we reckon it is? Grandfather Bolo tie. Of course it is. Look at him. Is that little girl? <laughs> or the little girl. I think it's in a twist, it's the little girl. Yeah, she's a big racist bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I've been watching Song of the South and I think Yeah, I'll be back by the morning. Like I love also that in this movie the only like scenes of dialogue and drama they have really are the couple of scenes between him and his sister, and then apart from that, it's mostly, like, action and intrigue. Oh, yeah. Because that's kind of the same truck he uses from Invasion USA as well. Yeah, I guess Quite so. Chuck Norris was in the passenger seat, he's like, you're not in this one, Chuck. <laughs> I'm not getting out. It's my truck. Yeah. Okay, send him in. This guy's like, I can't believe they ordered all this shrimp. <laughs> it's the thing, is right, with a name like Matt Hunter. Matt Hunter. You couldn't, like, be a plumber. 
No. Could you? Matt Hunter. There's with being a plumber. No, Matt Hunter, gasman to the stars. Yeah, but you'd have to be like, you'd have to be a special agent or, you know, crack terrorist uh, killer. Yeah. You you just couldn't be that. Oh, what do you do? I pick fruit. Or is it? (laughs) I make and design toupees. (laughs) What's your name? Matt Hunter, Nothing. I've never really found a job that fits. I'm still looking for my <laughs> career. He works in McDonald's. He makes less than minimum wage. He's Matt Hunter. I'm a fluffer. Hunter the fluffer. Yeah. Although I have a pretty action man name and I don't do anything like CIA operative. John Cross. John Cross. You name it, they do it. So should we do some of the questions we've got then? Go on then, while they're doing a bit of a talky bit. Yeah, so uh, this is on your post. Ian Brown says, I rate Tony Jar above Bruce Lee in terms of functional power striking techniques. So my question is, would anyone consider buying the car from vacation if it was mass produced? Which, which one? Well, if he means the station wagon, it was mass produced. The yes. green station wagon in the first movie, that wasn't just for that movie. Oh, that was a huge movie. That was mass-produced. That car was a station wagon. The one with the wood panelling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'd have one, just to say, look at me. I'd have one to this day and drive around in it. I'd put my pimps and hoes in it in the back seat. Yeah. A lot lot of room back there. Good run. When he says pimps and hoes, he means me and Mo Porn. I do, yeah. And um, that little girl from Avenging Force. (laughs) Chris Jones, Jonesy. Jonesy. Ever thought, ever thought of doing a season of Nam films? I love Platoon and I recently rewatched it. Totally worth a punt for you guys. Yeah, well, we did Common Valor, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd do it, but uh, I don't know if anybody would be sort of laughing along with us while we're... No yeah, it's a bit Platoon. difficult, isn't it, to do, like... Like, it's one thing to do Common Valor, because that's an action movie about people going back into that country later on. That's like doing Rambo 2 or something, but, like... Um, Platoon is more sort of a true life, serious drama. You know yeah, I mean? I'd hate to think that Oliver Stone would go, I'll listen along to these guys, and his yeah. women foes being gunned down, we're going, look at him, what a twat. So Grant Knox says, firstly, I echo uh, Jonesy's thought, not even just Vietnam, any war. Well, we did, like, um, well, uh, Wild, Wild Geese, Geese and, and uh, uh, Uncommon Valor and stuff like that. We've done some some of those things. But, yeah, we would. I'd go back and do some, some war movies. Um, just not any sort of real ones, like not any kind of real serious ones, because I wouldn't really want to, to do something that might... I know this sounds stupid because we say all kinds of stupid things, but, like, I wouldn't want to do anything that would actually offend sort of veterans of real wars. So it's not fair. But, um... And secondly, he says, how long before Tom Cruise kills himself doing a stunt for a Mission Impossible film? In all seriousness, the guy now has to be considered an action legend. Totally. I I mean, he's become action legend status, definitely. Um, Just for his stunt work alone. Uh, I think that if he does go out doing a stunt for the Mission Impossible series, it's what he'd want. I don't think he'd be too uh, unhappy about it at all, personally. It's the way I'd want to go. He'd probably want to keep it in the movie. (laughs) 
Do you know what I mean? He probably has it in his will. Look, oh, fellas, yeah, if I die when I'm doing this crazy thing, being strapped to a nuclear warhead or whatever he does in the next movie... Um, the problem he's is, he has, to, he has to keep topping himself. I mean, hanging on the side of a fucking plane, what is he going to do next? Right, exactly. He's swung from the tallest building in the world, for real. Uh, hung from those rocks at the beginning of part two, for real. And now he's hung on the side of a plane, for real. So I don't know. Um, and he does all his own driving in Jack Reacher. It does all his own driving in every film. He did the motorbike chases, didn't he? Swelling. Yeah. Rogue Nation. The set of... Did you see where it says, uh, oh, you've got to wear a helmet? And they said, no, in fact, if I, if I wear a helmet, they won't think it's me. Yeah. I want people to see that, you know, I'm serious about what I do. And I'm not, you sort of stand up and I want to clap. Yeah. Because most of the people are going, oh, I'm not doing it. But I, I have total respect for Tom Cruise. I think his films are fucking great. Yeah. And I would, I would consider him an action star. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, the next one is from Andreas Bengtsson. Did you want to read that out? It's on my one. Questions, comments, trivia, ideas, anything. The Doc and I record tonight. It's on that one. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Any thoughts on the M. Night Shyamalan upcoming reimagining of Tales from the Crypt? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, my thoughts are, um, uh, no. My thoughts are, don't do it. Also, weren't there, like, seven or eight seasons of Tales of the Crypt already? Like, really, haven't we said all that we can say about that? I like Demon Knight, the film. Yeah. Uh, if he can make something like that, but then he won't, brilliant. Will he? But he won't. No. Because uh, he can't make anything good at the minute, I don't think. No. I think he, uh, I, I like Signs, Dead Man, Sixth Sense. I really like Unbreakable, but other than that, no, because you do. I think the thing is with him now, you're just watching all the time for a twist. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and also, they're not keep putting the Crypt Keeper in it, which will piss off a lot of the fans. If you're going to take the Crypt Keeper out of Tales from the Crypt, why call it Tales of the Crypt? Right, exactly. Just do another anthology horror mo- horror show. Like, yeah, that's what I like no, about they Masters always of work, horror. don't they? Right. There's been more shit ones than there have been good ones. True. And the Tales from the Crypt films were not anthology films. They were just films. Yeah. So you may as well just make another fucking film. Yeah. Yeah, I won't be watching. I don't care. No, I love, love, love the original Tales from the Crypt, but without the Crypt Keeper and without that sense of fun, you know... Um, just to go back and comment on Avenging Force again, um, what I love about this sequence is they know it's a trap, right? Yeah. They don't arm up. They get no weapons. And, in fact, they don't put any armor on, anything like that. And, in fact, Steve James takes off clothing. Uh, so that's what I love about this sequence. So they're like, we know it's a trap. Should we take guns? Nah. Um, should we take armor or anything? Nah. I don't need it. I can't should, shoot straight. Should we take a bulletproof car? Nah. Nah, let's it's, not. it's a fact. Racists can't shoot very well. Yeah. But look, they know it's a trap. They're like, oh, here we go. Here comes the trap. Oh, school bus. Not a bead of sweat on either of them. They're ready to do this. And this is a tremendous car chase. Uh, so, uh, Andreas Begson asks on my other post, uh, he says, do the racist branch of the Republican Party still hold secret karate championships to recruit new talent? 
Uh, no, it's Aikido, and Steven Seagal runs it. <laughs> what you're actually saying is that Aikido's not a martial art. Oh, no, he's a karate, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely uh, definitely not, though. They, uh, they outlawed that back with Kinder Eggs. Yeah. They just go for a Sunday afternoon strong. Steve James and Michael Dudikoff. This is nothing to them. Yeah, absolutely nothing. This happens all the time. And I love the way the construction workers are like with Dudikoff and James. Mm. He's like, fuck you driving through my construction site. I'm dumping some shit on you. Love it. Two innocent bystanders there in a car accident. Apparently, Steve James uh, wanted to do the uh, wife beater vest look because he wanted to show off all the work he'd been doing in the gym to get the uh, the guns all greased up and ready, ready yeah. for action. And that's all he wanted to wear, just a wife beater. Yeah. From the bottom off, that was completely naked. Yeah. In fact, they had to CGI on pants when they. Uh, <laughs> They later released the movie to an audience. That's why it took three years to come out. Yeah. Weirdly enough, Steve James does not take three years to come out. Pops right out of his pants every oh, time. Yeah. It's that big, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Look at that. That's awesome. I'm the Pickup truck jump off an opening bridge. This is great, and it's a good soundtrack as well, isn't it? Yeah. Done by George Clinton, of course. That the soundtrack Bill to this Clinton's movie. brother. It is. It is. In fact, some of the saxophone you hear on the soundtrack is Bill playing. Yeah. I always, I always would hate it if I was a cameraman. They're just like, what do you want me to do? Just lay on the ground. This car's going to drive over you. Yeah. No! And who's driving? Dudikoff. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Dudikoff's like, it's all right, man. I can surf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't fill me full of uh, confidence. Also, why would any of these meatheads listen to this like little accountant motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. I would just punch him. That's an awesome jump. I would It'd just be punch him in the face. In those barrels. Yeah. I'd be like, should we listen to the screaming little four-eyed bullfuck? Nah. <laughs> Just I'd shoot him and go, yeah, dude, he cough clipped him. Yeah, don't worry about He's it. dead. He's dead. This is no time to go for a swim. So then I was thinking, like, OK, so they don't have guns, they don't have weapons, James isn't even wearing a bulletproof vest, he's just wearing <laughs> a white <laughs> And then when he gets on the boat, he's like, ah, I'm taking it all off. <laughs> I feel horny. You have to admire the balls, the sheer manly balls of it all. Yeah, you've got to admire because you will see him in a minute. Yeah. Do you see what I see? Yeah, those trousers that Steve James are wearing, matte painting. Yeah. It's one of the most expensive special effects prior to Jurassic Park that the world yeah, has Yeah, Avatar. Because he was, as you said, naked from the yeah. waist down. It's, they're actually re-releasing this and his trousers are in 3D. 
This bit's awesome. This was my favourite sequence, the whole thing. You do find that some of the best action sequences are in the middle of films. Yeah, well, I just thought, end- I thought, good car chase, and then a good idea, because they were like, well, well, what do we do? Well, OK, let's take them to a place where we can actually have some level of advantage, where we can kind of split them up and take them one by one, you know? It just made good sense. It was a lot of fun to it. Dudikoff brings it. James brings it. You get some gunplay. You get some fighting. You get some car action. It's got a bit of everything. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's a bit like the opening. It's a bit like that. That bit in the, not the opening, but the, the 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 middle ten minutes of the Expendables, where it starts with the the fight, then there's a car chase, then the plane takes off and they blow up the jetty. That is awesome. I'm a bit hot in this vest. Take it off. Take it off. It's coming off. That's it. <laughs> it makes you wonder when they're doing this, these bits. Yeah. I always think, I wonder when the piss. Yeah, you right. imagine if you did duty coffee, you just sort of see, like, oh, I've got to go. If I don't go, I don't go in a minute. <laughs> well, James probably finds the toilet while he's running around in the bowels of the ship. Yeah. Probably, probably squeezes out a deuce, actually. <laughs> probably does a number two. Yeah, can you wait? Okay, we'll wait. Look at this. Look at that. James is awesome, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Apparently, again, Steve James did not want to die in this movie. Why would you want Steve James to die in any movie? No, He's I didn't want him to awesome. die. But Steve James was like, oh, I guess I'll do it because it's in the script, but I really don't want to. Like, I feel like they could have just put him in hospital. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he doesn't have to be in the rest of the movie, they could just put him in hospital and then maybe bring him back in the bios at the end mm. to help Dudikoff, like, kill the bad guy or something. That's how I would have done it. Wearing cowboy boots for this just doesn't seem practical, I it? said exactly that when I was watching it earlier. I was like, in running about this, this boat in just cowboy boots, which I happen to know of some of the slipperiest motherfucking shoes <laughs> available. I always care. fancied a pair, but I didn't really want to look like, you know, walking through Leicester with a pair of cowboy boots on. I, th- I would imagine that you would be the talk of the town, pride yeah. of all of Leicester. Yeah. Have you seen these cowboy boots? Yeah, the, the snake skin. Yeah. What a con. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great yeah, fight, Normally right? I just walk around like Steve James. Yeah, just with Black his shirt. trousers. Yeah, no top. Well, you've, you're, you're, people don't know this from your photographs because you're, you're, you use a special app that makes you look a lot thinner. But you're, yeah. you're that muscular in real life. I'm very muscular in real life, yeah. Very muscular. I just don't want, to, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves. Yeah, weirdly enough, it's not around the chest and arms, though. It's, it's only just around... Legs. Yeah, <laughs> just, just the top halves of your legs, your ass, and your bollocks are really muscular. Yeah. Very weird. That's, that's where I work out. It's a, <laughs> you only work out your hip and cock region. That's awesome. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite dead. <laughs> but my leg fucking broken. Is it bad if my foot's right near my ear? Yes. Is that, look up there. Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics is trying <laughs> to get to the top of that crane. 
this guy's got to die because he's, he's dressed like Howling Mad Murdoch and I won't allow mm. it. I won't allow it. I won't allow someone else to be dressed like Dwight Schultz. Do you reckon it's Dudikoff really doing this fight? Yeah. Yeah. But probably not. Goodbye! <laughs> yeah, it's not going to kill him though, is it? No. Four. Well, unless you can't Too swim, Too much splashing, weren't they? Unless you can't swim, of course. Yeah. His mother never taught him how. Should knock. Whip him. Whip him. Just looking for Annie Lennox. I can't see it. <laughs> I <thought> it was... <laughs> it's either Dave Stewart or one of the Bee Gees. Either way, it's a good thing that they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love this as well. Industrial scenes are just great for fights, aren't they? Yeah. Do you reckon Dudikoff really does this bit? I'd love to say yeah. I'm gonna yeah, say Yeah, why not? Let's go him. for it. It was in. It All was of this him. is in. In cowboy boots. I love the soundtrack that when he leapt, when... Like, it did a little, like, accent to his, his jump. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. a computer game or something. If you're going that way, could you get us some Chinese food? <laughs> <laughs> I like the Kung Pao chicken, and Steve James would like Mushu pork. They don't serve Mushu pork. <laughs> I can get you a chow mein. Then get me some Peking crispy duck. He's not getting the duck. You know he won't. <laughs> Didn't give him any money. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get you crispy duck. Yeah. I know a place this way. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve James was like, now when you said you were going to get crispy duck, I didn't realise we were going to a farm where you were actually going to crispy fry some duck. Yeah, I'd do it the old-fashioned way. I'll fuck the duck first. Yeah. When I say crispy, it's because I batter it in my own semen. <laughs> Steve James is like, did the old man try and touch you? <laughs> yeah, Dad. <laughs> I was just going to say, would you leave your kid with him? No fucking way. And him. Look at him. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, he did try and tough me, Papa. Did you do what I told you to do? I did. I lay there and took it. <laughs> I faked it all against him. That's my boy. <laughs> I like this little piano lament. What I don't get is, right, you've got a bunch of racist bastards after you. Yeah. You want to go, want to go and ride a horse? I wouldn't. I think I'd, I think I'd sort of be like, you know, in a bit, bit of fear. He's like, nah, I'm going to go and change it. Let's go out and ride a stallion. We're going to Vegas. Bit of cocaine and strippers. Now I'm going to get blown by a woman. But it's not a woman. It's a man in drag. Because sometimes in politics, Sarah, 
clever evil man who won't stop at anything to get rich and gain power over other people. And Uncle Larry's trying to stop that. Are these men... He's explaining right now the uh, history of America. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Constitution. Right there. And Abraham Lincoln was a vampire hunter. Do you know the other thing? Um, apparently, this little girl's voice had to be dubbed by a woman because her voice, the actress's voice, was so quiet that the uh, boom mic wouldn't pick it up. In fact, Is there's that a whole. True? It's absolutely true. There's a whole outtake, apparently, of Dudikoff just going, What the fuck you say? <laughs> they almost made it a running gag. Oh, aim the gun. They thought better of it. Look at this guy. That's the way a man fires a gun. Pelvis thrust forward, thumb yeah. in the waistband. He just turns. Oh, I can, I can fire better when I point my pelvis west. It'd be even better net then if you looked at the uh, target and it was everywhere but the bloke on the target. <laughs> Still went probably aiming it. You cunt. Yeah. I like those targets. I like firing at them because they're black guys. Don't you worry about me, Elliot. He's an impressive man. He'd make a great asset to the movement. I don't care how impressive he is. I've been fooled. Yeah, let's go and take a bath together. Naked. Okay. <laughs> I've got some bubble bath. It's raspberry scented. It's not gay if you're a Republican redneck racist bastard. It's not gay if we all take our guns in with us. It's the of the elite. This voice, the most promising... They look elite, don't they? See, he looks elite. Yeah. Dudikoff and Steve James look elite. Do, they, do you think they look elite? Steve James and Dudikoff? You don't think they look like the kind of people that might hang out down at Venice Beach eating falafel and... Uh... Yeah, on the days off. <laughs> but, they, but these are not elite. Look at these. No. <laughs> Probably him. Yeah, he looks like G. Gordon Liddy or whatever his name is. That horrible Republican fuckface. That's fine. That's great, Elliot. Have I shown you the trophies I've won for ass-fucking... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I say ass fucking, I was the one who was being fucked. Yeah. Raped, actually. I'd like to say no, but when I say no, I really mean yes. It's just the way I am. I came every time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on. They used to call me the shoeshine boy. Because I would be they bent. stuck the shoeshine shoes in there as well. Because I would be bent over, and every time I ejaculated, it would hit their shoes. <laughs> That's a great death. Listen to that. <laughs> That's probably the best death ever in a B movie, because he's like, oh, Jesus. Oh. He should have got an Oscar for that shit. What's great is that he was really in pain because he didn't, he didn't realise that they were using real bullets. That <laughs> yeah. actually shot him. Furstenberg came over and went, Now, to maintain the authenticity of the scene we're about to shoot, I'm going to actually shoot you in the gut. But don't worry, we're going to have a medic on standby. By standby, I mean 700 miles away <laughs> in California. And have you got medical insurance? No? Then you're pretty much fucked. But we'll drive you to the hospital anyway. 
Brandy Dudikoff. Hip hop. Dudikoff in the Blu-ray commentary dispels the trivia myth that that photograph he held up of him and Steve James was really a shot from the set of American Ninja. Apparently, they took the photograph uh, specifically for this movie. Yeah. Uh, so John Wallace just asked a question of us. You're in a oh. hot air balloon with Gilliam, Glickenhaus, Goldblatt, Gondry, and Glazer. You have to lose weight or you go down. Who do you toss out and in what order? Oh, shit. Who's Goldblatt? I don't know. Let's have a look. Oh, Mark Goldblatt. Okay. Mark Goldblatt? He did Terminator 2. Is that who he means? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Does he mean him? I don't know. He's never mentioned Goldblatt to me before. Yeah, it's, quite, it's quite good. That's off the top of his head. Or does he mean Jeff Goldblum? I don't know. No, they're all directors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first of all, him. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Which Goldblatt... Uh, so, uh, well, Gilliam stays in the balloon and Gleckenhaus stays in the balloon as Into long as possible. Fast. Yeah. Uh, Gondry and Glazer. Who does he mean Glazer as well? Does he mean Brian Glazer? Who's a producer, isn't he? Does he does he does that mean Jonathan Glazer from uh, Under the Skin? Jonathan Glazer from Under the Skin? Oh, maybe. Oh, he's off first then. See ya. Well, yeah, he did do Sexy Beast, though, I guess. Oh, shit. Why'd you have to remind me of that? I would say Gondry goes out first. Yeah. Because fuck him. Uh, Goldblatt second, because I don't know who he means. Uh, Glazer third. Yeah, because we, we get the Sexy Beast stories. Yeah. Uh then probably me. Yeah, uh, I would probably say Glickenhaus and Gilliam over you. No, I'm really yeah. Uh, get rid of what me. Got, the trouble is, you see, because Glickenhaus is not going to make any more movies. Is he? Yeah. And also, we could get him to sign his will over to us before he goes. Because he's loaded, isn't he? See, I think it's an interesting question because has Gilliam and Glickenhaus made their best movies and therefore should they go first? <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Gondry certainly ain't. Well, Gondry can go anyway. Gondry's first out. <laughs> Gondry's Gondry's go. If you're just going to throw me out, why do I have to take off with you? Yeah, because exactly. it's part of the question you <laughs> took. Now, question. get in. I don't know who he means by Goldblatt. Whatever. He's probably one of the first to go. <laughs> we don't even know who he is. I gotta go get Jeff. I gotta get Jeff. No, no, you must pray, boys. I don't know who he means by Goldblatt. The only Goldblatt I can find that would be remotely would be the, is the guy who did Terminator. He edited Terminator 2 and Rambo and a bunch of other things, but he directed Dead Heat and The Punisher. So he's my friend's dad. Do you remember I was saying that my friend of my friend knows Goldblatt? Oh, of course, yeah. 
Uh, Can't really say him then, can we? Punisher and Dead Heat. Yeah, but he's only an editor now. Although he did edit Chappie. Oh, that's yeah, not and, bad. And Rise of the Planet of the Apes, though. X-Men Last Stand. He did Triple X State of the Union and Bad Boys 2. Oh, you see, they're good films. He's done Rambo First Blood editor, Terminator editor, Enter the Ninja. He's an editor, not, not a director. Showgirls. Night Last Boy Scout. He's, done some, he's edited some fucking good films, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know is the answer. I don't like the Steve James goes in this movie. And I think it's because he's got a shirt on. I think if he'd taken his shirt off, he'd be saved. Yeah, I think the, the arrows would have bounced off his sweaty tits. <laughs> he does have very sweaty tits, does James. He does. That's, he was known as Steve Sweaty Tits James. Sadly, he's dead now. This is fucking horrible. This whole bit. I couldn't fucking believe this. Do you know it's what I mean? quite a brave film, isn't it? Really? I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe that they kill her and then they kill the boy as well. Horrible, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's like Mississippi's burning or something. And it's his house that's burning. And then this bit is both horrific and a bit comical. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is the stunt where he gets shot and falls off the building because he lands on the dummy of the boy, (laughs) like, right on the roof of the house. It's pretty fucking violent, isn't it? Yes. Right there. That is crazy. <laughs> That's definitely what killed him. Yeah. Poor little fucker. Now this is this is pretty harsh what he does right now, right? This is horrible. That that is awful. Yeah, it really is awful. You'll be invited to participate in a great game. The sisters aren't sure until you'll turn up. Also, why do you think at this point he's like, meet us in two weeks? What, what are they, they doing in two weeks? They, they, they want him to uh, take part. You know, at the start, where the... Uh, no, I get that, but why does it take two weeks? Because they've got to set it up and get the get the gay suits ready. They've got to make sure his little mask fits them. <laughs> he says, you, you could come out to the bio sooner, but I've got to uh, have my jockstrap dry cleaned. Yeah. And also, he probably wants him to have his leg healed up a bit, so, you know... Because he'd, he'd be like, oh, I want to make sure he's all healthy before we kill him, because that's what... I love the way he'd, like, bring do. him down alive. If you'd waited, he would have come down alive. He was on top of a burning house. He wouldn't have stayed up there. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> he's not going to stand up there and go, uh, so, son, shall we uh, roast some marshmallows <laughs> on this bitch? How about it? Yeah, I think that's probably what would have woke me up first. What's that? That pain in my leg. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) 
you know, that house is pretty much fucked, isn't it? I don't, I don't even think if you got a cup of water, I don't think that'd... How would you save it? You wouldn't, would you? No. I bet, it's, I bet he's considering going in for his porn stash, though. Yeah, I was right, wasn't I? That's pretty easy. It'll look good, or new, good as new after a couple of coats of paint, Michael. With all our sophisticated techniques, we still can't put a stop to these bastards. Yeah, what worries me is their intelligence system. They seem to know every goddamn move we make before we make it, and we don't know a thing about that. Yeah. I love that these two have this little scene by themselves. Yeah, these two, right? This, that's like Michael Dudikoff and Steve James without any uh, weight training, isn't they? Well, that's the sequel. <laughs> yes, these two. The sequel is those two. <laughs> yeah. Can't we get Dudikoff and James back? No. I want this whole area turned over, just in case Hunter's laying out there someplace. Second, I want a total media blackout. Third, I want you to shave that tash. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. Fourth, I'd like a box of donuts brought here immediately. Yeah, and get my wife a box of milk tray. The ladies <laughs> love milk tray. Five, I want a truck full of prostitutes brought to this address. And you don't tell anybody. Yeah. If you tell anybody, I will be forced to kill you. But, sir, these are all men's names on this list. I just get them. That's why I'll be forced to kill you. Sir, I think one of these is a famous TV clown. Just get him. <laughs> I'm a CIA, damn it. If I want to fuck a male clown... I know Hunter too well. Let me tell you about this time we were in Belgrade. <laughs> we were behind enemy lines. Well, we called it enemy lines. It was this little pillow fort we made in the living room out of frilly lace pillows that his mum had. <laughs> oh, this is when you were a kid. No, this was last week. <laughs> <laughs> he was naked, except for... <laughs> Except for a tool belt. <laughs> I was dressed like Thomas Jefferson. Oh, what, the, the, the former president? No, no, no. Thomas Jefferson. He lived down the road from us, and he liked to dress in nothing but a dirty apron and a pair of socks. There's my penis showing. The apron went over my shoulder. So we paid these tuneless musicians to play... <laughs> This is like a flashback to the filthy sescapades. Yeah, this is, this is the, uh, uh, what's it, rap party. <laughs> These are all my wives. This is my harem. Interestingly enough, they're also all sisters of each <laughs> other. She's got the hardest job. Yeah, that, she has, that yeah. triangle. <laughs> That's the hardest instrument to play. I know a lot of people say that it's uh, the washboard, but actually it's the triangle. <laughs> it's tight right under that, mate, playing. The accordion, one of the easiest instruments to play. Even that fat fuck with a tash can play it. Yeah. However, the washboard... Not, uh, not as hard as that. <laughs> You've a bit of watermelon that he's blowing into. The washboard and the triangle, they are the hardest instruments. Mozart himself had a difficult time mastering the washboard. Why his clothes were still covered in soap for the day he died. True Why story. Did he get out the water. 
And how did he get out of the water dry? Yeah. <laughs> but why was he in the water? Having a whiz. He didn't, get, he didn't, he didn't even get chucked in water. He was having You'd a whiz. he wouldn't go in that water with the fact that he's got a hole in his leg. Oh, it's healed yeah. up. It's two weeks ago now. Oh, that's all right then. What's interesting, there's absolutely no guitar on this soundtrack at all, yet there's a guy playing an acoustic guitar. Yeah, but it's probably not a real one. <laughs> it's probably of, just a tyre and a full stick of, going through it. Full of drugs and otter's guts. I don't want to be your friend. Go on, touch him, tickle him. <laughs> Rub your bits against him, he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> Were you an American karate man? It's called Ninja. These these guys all, all have um, projectors at home, and when family members and friends come around, they're like, let me show you the time I rubbed my dick against Michael <laughs> Dudikoff. And they just show this on a loop. You might not I'm be able not to tell, but ass. I had my jeans unzipped. I was rubbing my bits right against his leg. Later on, you see on his jeans there's a little white patch. That was me. Yeah, I come tipex. <laughs> hey, Boys, he made it. Half a million dollars. Man with the hunters, gentlemen. Great hunt is about to begin. It's not gay to smoke a pipe. <laughs> if you stuff that pipe full of otter's guts. I love this. This is almost as revealing as the midget at the end of Don't Look Now. Ah! <laughs> He's Helen Hunt. He th <laughs> thinks is it Linda Hunt? Is he it thinks Linda? it's his daughter, but really it's an ugly troll <laughs> woman. I watched for that for the first time before Christmas. Don't look now. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a problematic title because every time you go to watch it, it says "Don't look now." You're like, okay. yeah, I keep missing it. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait no, till yeah. it says you can look now. And I watched the. Uh, it never version. says you can look now. It says just don't look now. Yeah, I watched the version with uh, no titles at the start. I was yeah. good. That's the best way to do it. Otherwise, the title comes up. You're like, oh, okay, I won't. Is, is, was there a better actor in the 70s than Donald Sutherland? Uh, well, I mean, there was a few great actors in the 70s. This guy, for example. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's Frankenfurter's less famous cousin, Fifi. Yeah. I've had sex with that. Yeah. So have I. Well, we did it. It was one after the other, wasn't it? Yeah. It was that night we spent in New Orleans in uh, yeah. 1987. <laughs> there is a new girl here. <laughs> yeah, that he, he thought he was going to go to Hollywood and make it big after this, but he's still there now. That's Michael so Dudikoff you're talking about. <laughs> 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 the transvestite, on the other hand, uh, he's actually... Uh... Al Pacino. <laughs> He was like, I went undercover with a gaze in cruising, <laughs> and now I want to play a transvestite in Avenging Force. 
And I want to have a great ass. <laughs> you want to go around and see me play a transvestite prostitute? I said, okay. This girl, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yeah, this, Leon was based on this film. It is, yeah. With Luke <laughs> directing. Yeah. That bloke there. Thomas. John Renault, inventor of the small but serviceable car. <laughs> He's my favourite actor of all time, that guy there. Oh, the guy in the little beige hat with a gun. Yeah, yeah. Granny. The, I like the three in the background, the drunk, staggering ones. Yeah. I've got all their autographs. In fact, I've had them tattooed on my inner thigh. Yeah. It's a great story when someone's going down on me, I'm able to tell them that story. It kills the mood instantly. Yeah. It's perfect, because yeah, I, I don't actually like sex. <laughs> I don't either, it's dirty. It is dirty, it's disgusting. Oh, he died, Jumpy Ryan. Jumpy Ryan? John P. Ryan. Oh, not Jumpy Ryan. Not Jumpy Ryan. No. Jumpy Ryan's still alive. He runs the chip shop in Ste- Chepstow. <laughs> he was in some fucking good films. What, Jumpy Ryan? John P. Ryan, yeah. Oh, he was in Best of the Best as well, wasn't he? How about that? Oh, wait a minute. You're on about John P. Ryan now, not Jumpy Ryan. <laughs> not Jumpy Ryan, no. <laughs> Because Jumpy Ryan was in some films. None of them were any good, but he was in some films. He was in uh, uh, Jumpy Comes First. Yeah. Uh, Jumpy Comes Again. <laughs> Look out for Jumpy. I'll tell you one thing, he always does come first. <laughs> he Jumpy's does. bastard. He, does. he comes again as well before you've come. He comes yeah. twice before. That's why the first movie's uh, Jumpy Comes First. The second one, Jumpy Comes Again. Even yeah. before you can... You can't even turn around. Before you can say anti-disestablishmentarianism, Jumpy's come again. Yeah. Um, he can't come a third He's time, He's got though. a very sensitive bell end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, so it was, it was Jumpy... Jumpy comes alive. <laughs> and... Um, what was Jumpy's the behind you. Jumpy's behind you. Jumpy's jumpers. Yeah. That was like an Expendables, but for for facial sex. <laughs> facial sex. So instead of... instead of facial sex today? Instead of killing people, they just orally uh, molested them with their penises. The, the, the only problem I think with this is... They had to jump while they did it, hence jumpies jumpers. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. No, the only thing with this is you should never see them without the masks until the end. Because once, once you've seen them with the mask, you're like, yeah, they're not scary, are they, really? No. Oh, you know, he's took that midget with him. From Don't Look Now? Yeah. So don't look. Don't worry about it. It's just footage we got from <laughs> a library. <laughs> look at it, stock footage. It's called New Orleans Thunderstorms. I'm surprised you can hear the trumpet over the top of uh, the thunderstorm. That's Bayou Benny. And that Benny. trumpet 
is played. And this by is Bayou trivia. Benny. Bayou no, Benny. no. Well, Goodman. if Bayou Benny's the same trumpet player as Michael Bolton's trumpet player, he went yeah. off to do quite a few Michael Dudikoff films. Did he? Yeah. And uh, Michael Bolton is a big fan of Canon Films, and he has a bit part in Delta Force. Well, Michael Bolton, of course, wanted Michael Dudikoff to play him in the biopic. Yeah, well, yeah, because the first name's both Michael. Yeah. And Michael Bolton's real name isn't even Michael Bolton. It's Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, no, it's Stanley. Stanley Bolton. And uh, <laughs> he changed it to Michael because he was such a fan of Michael Dudikoff. I thought you were going to say it's like that thing where... His real name is Michael Dudikoff, and Michael Dudikoff's real name is Michael Bolton. But they both had to swap it. Yeah. Because they were both in the same equity or whatever it's called. Yeah. And Michael Bolton is from Bolton. Yeah. Whereas That's... Michael Dudikoff is from Wales. Yeah. He's from the Cardiff Dudikoffs. <laughs> Cardiff's a Welsh name, you can tell, because it's got lots of consonants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in Welsh, it's more like Dudikoff. That's how you pronounce it in Wales. Yeah, Grandpa Jimmy's dead. Does that mean he won't touch me anymore inappropriately? Yeah. yeah. He touched you was real cute. Don't worry, he touched me when I was a boy. Touches everybody. It's a rite of passage in New Orleans. (laughs) It means you're a woman now. Yeah. They just have Grandpa the Jimmy round to all the schools. <laughs> like, you can only be a man in New Orleans if you've been touched by Grandpa Jimmy. Yeah, that character is based on Jimmy Savile. Yeah. <laughs> or as they, they call him in New Orleans, Jimmy Seville. Yeah. yeah. Well, they like brightly coloured shell suits. Oh, yeah, it's all the rage. He needs a tan. And V for Vendetta got the mask from this. Michael Dudikoff was so afraid about becoming one of James Spader's sex pests that... um, he did all he could to get away from him. He did all his own stunts to get away from him. He did. Again, I'd like to point out, every fight scene uh, that we're about to see back-to-back, terrific fight scenes, but every opportunity he has to pick up a weapon, bar one, he doesn't take it. He picks up one weapon, loses it, but it's floating in the water somewhere. Before he runs off, does he go looking for the sword so he's got some weapons? No. Doesn't need him. No, he don't need him. Don't need him. Uh, we did have one more, one more uh, comment somewhere. Oh, we got an email. Did you read that email I sent to you? Oh yeah, we'll have to read that in a minute. But we had a comment from Scott Toomey. I gotta find it now. Here we go. My buddy just gave me a copy of American Ninja. Never seen it. Really looking forward to it as my other HS buddy used to spin yarns about watching the series constantly when we were kids. I don't know what HS buddy means. Maybe it's some sort of disease they both have. 
don't know. Uh, I don't know. But thanks for, for that, Scott. That's great. Uh, let's go over to the email then while Dudikoff is taking a right beating. He does take quite a beating in these movies, doesn't he? He did, he does, yes. All right. Right, that's you want me to great, read that's, it? That's a great kill, though, isn't it? That's a great kill. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, go ahead and read it, Chief. Right. <clears throat> Hello, gentlemen. As a recent listener to your AMD and Doctor Action podcasts, I would just like to tell you how much I enjoy them. I find them both informative and often hilarious. In fact, I had to pause your commentaries of Darth Death Wish for and Commando as I was laughing so much. Brilliant stuff. Good. I also greet, greatly, greatly, greatly enjoyed your Wild Geese commentary and I agree that it is a superb film with a wonderful cast. I would like to suggest a couple of other of Sir Roger's films that you might care to try. Perhaps you have already seen them, but if not, they are well worth a viewing, in my opinion. The Sea Wolves... Uh, in World War Two, German radio ships passed on the movements of British ships sailing from neutral ports in the Indian Ocean to U-boats. The Calcutta Lighthouse, a territorial unit consisting of other veterans, is tasked to stop the Germans based on an actual event. Uh, North Sea hijack, a terrorist cell takes over North Sea platform. Roger Moore and his team volunteer to raid the rig and recapture it. Uh, and I would just like to add at that point... Um, that uh, obviously you might not have got to all our back episodes yet because uh, there are quite a few of them. Um, but I would strongly, strongly, strongly suggest, as a fan of both our podcasts, you listen to our Roger Moore, a rockin' and rogerin' New Year's Eve show from two years ago, uh, where we talk about both those very films. We do. And In gold. fact, we cover a whole bunch of non-Bond Roger Moore movies, some of which you might not have heard of, sir. So please do check that out. I believe it was back in 2013. Yeah, it's a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he also recommends Arm Response, uh, starring David Carradine and Lee Van Cleef. Van Cleef and Carradine play father and son. Take on the accuser in this urban action here. Oh, Mark wait Perryman. a minute. Dudikoff keeps getting his back hurt in this bit. This bit yes. is absolutely. Like, there's no way Dudikoff could still stand after this. Look, first back break coming up. Oh, definite back break. And then after that, he gets thrown on, like, the log and on the land, right on his back. Pretty tough stunts. Oh! There we go, second one. Come on. I thought after this, there's no way. But then after this, didn't he say to the young girl, like, oh, I'll give you a piggyback. I'm like, dude, your back's broken. <laughs> anyway, sorry, do carry on with the email, sir. All right, OK. Uh, he says another film called No Dead Heroes. And then at the end he said, I am a big fan of action films from the 70s and 80s and I'm old enough to remember many from that era being released. And I saw a fair few at our local cinema or on VHS. Many independent cinemas and practically all video shops now seem to have closed. A great pity, in my opinion... Thank you for the very entertaining podcast and best regards, Andre Mason. Any relative of James Mason? James Mason. Be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Because it'd be nice to get James Mason on the show. I know. Uh, shame, shame that he's been, uh, well, he's been out of the public eye for so long now, really. Yeah, he retreated to his uh, cabin in uh, Idaho to raise geese. That is a shame, but uh, I'm hoping he's going to make a big comeback in the next Michael Dudikoff film. 
And does Michael Dudikoff at this point think, OK, look, I gave up the swords, but if there's two more of these fuckers, I'd better pick up this knife and this crossbow. No. I would. I would have armed myself to the teeth, but no, not at all. Uh, but no, thanks ever so much, Andre. That's a great email. We love receiving emails like that. Uh, please do keep listening to back episodes of the show, as there is a, a lot of Roger Moore stuff, especially, that you're going to love. Yeah, um, As for armed re- response or no dead heroes, sir, have you seen either of those? I've not. I can't, I, I've seen the... Uh, I keep seeing armed response uh, advertised on uh, Amazon. I keep, keep meaning to pick it up, so I might have to pick it up now. Yeah, well, we'll pick those up, take a look, have a look, yeah. see, and do them if, if needs be. Uh, but I hope you're enjoying this uh, Dudikoff uh, commentary, Andre, and uh, we always include emails deep into the commentary, so you have to listen to the whole damn thing just to hear it. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's part of the thrill of it. Look at it, he's picking her up on his back. And he's, it's like he's, he's got to have at least ten snap vertebrae at this point. Good if he walked past the stunt double and he's like on his back going, ow! Yeah, right. If I was him at this point, I'd just drown the girl. Mm. She's nothing. She's holding him back. Yeah, she's nothing but a problem, isn't she? As as far as anybody else knows, she's probably dead anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. You could just claim they did it. Yeah. If you did a Sean Penn and just fucking picked her up, used her as a bulletproof fat jacket like he does in the gunman. Yeah, that'd be perfect. This whole ending, though, is pretty good, isn't it? Mm. I just wanted to see a bit more from Dudikoff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to see something a bit more like... Ripping throats out, that sort of shit. Yeah. Because they've killed everybody, is not they? Right. He's killed his best friend, his best friend's wife, his best friend's kids... Nearly sold his sister off into child prostitution, slavery. They've killed his pedo old wife. Old uh, grandfather. Yeah. Whoa. I tell you what, I bet when this film finishes, I bet he gets a cold. Yeah. Walking around him. Wet clothes like that. Yeah, no. I was worried about that. I think you should put on a sweater. Yeah. It's more about, like, th- th- this sequence is more about, like, he's so tough he can take all this beating rather than look how kick ass he is, he can really take names. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why is that, do you think? Why? Because it's supposed to show that... I think it's supposed to show that he's like an everyman, isn't it? Take a beating, but never count him out. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, and he's taking on loads of people. They've only taken on one person at a time. Yeah. And they're fucking useless. This must have been rough filming this, though. Yeah, because you don't know what's underneath any of that shit, do you? Yeah, I know. Could, like, be a pointy stick. Well, everyone on this movie got dysentery. Oh, yeah. And some even got AIDS. <laughs> Face AIDS. Yeah, they got AIDS from that transvestite hooker. <laughs> take the money! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't take the money either. I'd take the money. 
I would take the money. That was like $200. In 1986 money, that was like £2,000. It was like £15 million. Yeah. Like 86. Look out! It's an extra from Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Dudikoff's only making that face because he's trying to stick his dick in his ass. <laughs> oh, he did take a knife with him then. I guess from the last guy. Retreat. <laughs> Has anybody got a band-aid? <laughs> you stabbed me. Didn't expect a fair fight. My God. Somebody get the... No, it's Michael Dudikoff. Close. I love that guy's moustache. That's yeah. now in the Smithsonian. Yes, it is. In the museum. You can't touch it. No, you're not allowed to touch it. It's behind 20-inch plates of glass. Yeah, bulletproof. Yeah, and on each corner is the world's biggest security guard. Yeah. The only time you're allowed to touch it is when you become president. Yeah. And they wheel you in. (laughs) You have to be wheeled in. You're put in, like, a wheelchair, strapped to it. You're wheeled in behind the case... They remove it using special gloves and they just waft the moustache over the bell-end tip of the President of the United States. And then they put it back in the case for safekeeping. Yeah, apparently it's the only way that George Bush could come. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing that now since... Uh, well, since 1987, actually. So yeah. Reagan was the first one. Yeah. I'd love to have that man's moustache on the tip of my belly. Why is why is he stroking a tiny, tiny cat in this? Why is he stroking a kitten in this bit? I meant a small pussy. Um, I may be a fascist, but I do love tiny black kittens. I thought at the end of it, he was either going to kill it, I thought he was going to be like, I don't even like kittens that are black, and he was just going to kill it, or he was going to put it on this guy's tray. Yeah, what Orson Welles. <laughs> I love the way he says he goes, he goes, there's a guy waiting for you, and he looks awful. Doesn't he say that or something? <laughs> Excuse me, gentlemen, this won't take long. Also, he has an English butler. Yeah, good. It's because we're very classy. Yeah, I guess so. There's a guy waiting for you in the vestibule, and he looks like a bloody state. <laughs> <laughs> This is the type of house I would like to live in, though. Doesn't it look comfy? Well, what I think would be really funny is if he <laughs> shut those sliding doors and you just heard, whoopee, has gone! And then there was like this huge party. <laughs> <laughs> so like, la, 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 like this huge party erupted. It would be tremendous. Never have I felt more well disposed. Thank you. We have a little unfinished business to take. What you don't seem to realise, Michael, is that the only way I can become erect is by killing human beings. <laughs> I wanted to father a son, so I've been killing people now for years. Sadly, I've forgotten one key thing a man needs when erect. 
to father a son, a woman. Oh, calm down. No, that's not <laughs> I've never been able to find a woman. Why is he not sort of limping? Because didn't he get stabbed in the leg? Yeah. He, be like, Ow. he got stabbed in the cock. Yeah. <laughs> stabbed in my cock. I don't use it anyway. <laughs> What I think is tremendous is he's like, pick your weapon, and Dudikoff like, picks up a broom handle. <laughs> what? There's all this shit. He's like, okay, pick your weapon. I would have gone, all right, give me a second. I would have gone out in some of that armor, right? Yeah. I would have picked up a crossbow or one of the swords or something. You do that. I wouldn't even wait for him to say pick up the thing. I'd have just stabbed him. <laughs> I wear a bow tie, don't I? I look suave as fuck. You'll never know. Choose your weapon. <laughs> It'd be better if he just puts on a helmet, takes all the rest of his clothes off, and goes, I'm going to fight you like this. <laughs> Choose your weapon. And Dudikoff goes, I'll take the stick, please. Yeah. He makes him a fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your weapon. He picks up a stick. The other guy picks up a machine gun. Just blows Dudikoff out a window. Also, this is another case, a bit like Action Jackson, where he's fighting like a crusty old white guy, and you just think to yourself, this guy would be dead. Of... He'd already be dead. You know what I mean? Like he'd already be dead with all the fighting he's already done. There's people this... downstairs in the drawing room again. Is everything all right, James? <laughs> Just adjusted his penis. Like that would kill him. That <laughs> would kill him. Flipping him into that table. He's dead already. See, why don't you pick that weapon to start with? <laughs> Dudikoff's like, I've got a big sword. And he's like, got, Mine's bigger than yours. And Dudikoff's like, Mine has more girth. <laughs> yours may have more length, but mine has more girth. You're long, but you're thin. Right. He's dead. There he's dead. Yeah. He's not getting up again. Now he's up again running down the stairs. No way. He's got to have one of those stuntmen. <laughs> I'm a Dead. little old man. Yeah, right. There's his stuntman, look. Dead. He's got black hair. <laughs> his stuntman's got black hair. He's got silver hair. Totally different guy. What's he Watch out. There? He's got an envelope opener. <laughs> Watch out. He's got a little opener. And if I wrap this round the end of my penis, and then wrap it round your neck, and then I can... This properly hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me tell you all about autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> now, while I'm strangling you, grab hold of your penis. Grab hold of my cock. David Carradine swears by this. Don't fight it. <laughs> His stuntman's wig is really bad, isn't it? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> totally different colours. Yeah. Totally different person. And completely permed. Yeah. Look out, there's a tribal dildo. <laughs> Lovely. You pierced me right where Speeder likes to stick his willy. He made that noise because what you don't realise is that he has a second set of testicles that hang just from his right tit. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's got some... he holding his stomach? <laughs> He's clutching the totally wrong part of himself. <laughs> like grabbing his knee. And then hit you in your knee. I think as, really he, as he walked out, you should have seen Jeeves holding the tray with the kitten on it, and Dudikoff should have just taken the kitten and looked at him <laughs> and gone, I'm taking this kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I never leave a house empty-handed. He's got one plaster on his forehead. Look, he's, yeah. His yeah. back has been absolutely smacked to buggery. I can hear you vaping, sir. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I, I've always, I've, I've always been able to hear it, but it's just, it's an interesting sound. It adds something to the commentaries. I don't it does, doesn't it? Better than me. It's like when people accidentally hear me wanking. Yeah. Especially when they're killing people with the, with the, the um, strangulation wire. That's yeah, really that's your like favourite bit in the old film, isn't it? I like to beat one after that bit. Congratulations, man. See, were they setting it up for a third one, this bit? Oh, I would think so. Why I'd did they still not... watch it now. Yeah, why did they not do an Avenging Force 2? I looked it up, but they didn't do one. No, they didn't. Dudikoff had quite a career back in the day. He did. Is he still doing anything now? Um, I think he's slowly getting back into it, I think. See, he should be part of the Expendables, I think. Well, so many people should be, but that's that's not really happening, is it? Um, oh, there, there's a spoof movie coming out called Enter the Fist and the Golden Fleecing, oh, uh, yeah. which he's in. He just did a movie called Four Towers and another movie that's been announced called Left Turn. He was also in Navy Seals vs. Zombies and The Bouncer. Apparently, he has an uncredited role in Olympus Has Fallen. So am I. Mr. Smith. Yeah. Hmm. This is my favourite song of all time. Yeah. I have this one on when I'm having sex. <laughs> Which I don't like to have, as I've told everybody already. Yeah, you just listen to this song, don't you? Wait a minute. This Four Towers thing has... Steven Seagal, Natalie Byrne, former former um, uh, guest of Doctor Action. Uh, yeah, Steven Seagal, Natalie Byrne, Rutger Hauer, Costas Mandalore from um, uh, what's that? Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And Michael Dudikoff. Ooh, that looks quite interesting. And it's, uh, it says, Viro, Rutger Hauer, a mysterious criminal mastermind, partners with a disenchanted woman in a nefarious plot to steal a massive cachet of gold from her father, billionaire businessman, Kirk Bronson, played by Steven Seagal. Unbeknownst to Viro and his soldiers of fortune, one of Bronson's guests is a highly trained foreign operative who, along with Bronson, fights to not only save the hostages and the gold, but his imperiled family. Oh, that's got to be... That's got to be Dudikoff and, and Seagal, right? I would hope so. That sounds pretty bloody good, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we'll be watching that. Oh, my God, it's got a budget of $2 million. That's got to be done all on catering, isn't it? Yeah. 
Martin Compton's in it as well. He's quite a, kind of like a respected British actor. Nice. Ooh. Right, sir. Well, that was a pleasure. I enjoyed that. It's good. And it looks like Dudikoff's getting back in on the action, so maybe like Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock, we'll start seeing him cropping up in a few more things. Let's hope so. Because they're all back in it, aren't they? Dukaskos has got a new one coming out, and mm. um, uh, Don the Dragon Wilson and Rothrock are doing two or three movies a year now. Yeah. It looks pretty damn good, doesn't it? And I think that instead of getting, like, a B-movie's Expendables, what we're getting is a lot of these little movies that have, like, two or three of them in it. Like, you've got the movie that's coming out that's got uh, Donna Dragon Wilson, Olivia Gruner, Cynthia Rothrock, and um, Mark Dacascos in it. Yeah. Dacascos directed. And then... Um, there's another couple that are coming out that have got like two or three of them in it. I think that's what we're going to see. Instead of like just a B movie Expendables, we're just going to get like a few movies that start having more than one of the old dudes in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Showdown in Manila. Is that the one you want? Yeah, about? Showdown in Manila. Yeah, and they're doing a follow up to that as well. Um, I believe Gruner and Dacascos are doing a follow up. And hasn't that also got um, Matthias Hughes in it? Yes. Yeah. So I think we're just going to see more of them. So if Dudikoff and Sagal are going to join forces, I'll watch that. Oh, I'll be there opening day when it's not put on at the cinema. <laughs> I'll be on opening day when I buy it on the third <laughs> rack down in Buspy. Um So, uh, yeah, that was tremendous. Well, thank you ever so much for recording that. And um, uh, I don't know when we'll do the next one or what the next one will be, but... Uh, Always fun to dip back into the Doctor Action Kick-Ass Kid commentaries when we feel oh. like it. Oh, it is, sir. It is. I, I wouldn't mind doing another Dudikoff film next time. Yeah, I could. we could find another Dudikoff. I don't know that anything's going to come close to Avenging Force, but maybe we will. What about Chain of Command? That's on here. Is that always, good? I've never seen it. It's one of those that I keep looking at online to buy, and it's like 45 quid. We could do American it. Ninja 2 as well, couldn't we? Yeah. And American Ninja 4 is awesome as well. Steve James is still in the second one, isn't he? Yes, and the third. Nice. But no duty coffin number... Uh, Three, no. no. And we should four. maybe do a Don the Dragon Wilson movie at some point as well. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, lots, lots to contemplate, but uh, I'm going to head off now, sir, but uh, that was a real pleasure. Thanks ever uh, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. And that'll go up in a week sometime. Excellent, sir. All right, Chief, take it easy. Speak See soon. See you later. Bye-bye. All bye. the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.